0: Boom! What's up, everyone? Welcome to Simulation. I'm your host, Alan Sakian. Very excited about talking about being an international student from China. We have Tse Shen Wang, aka Alicia, joining us on the show. Hello. Hello. Thanks so much for coming Thank on. Thank you
1: for inviting.
0: We're very excited. You are also a freshman at Minerva Schools, yes. and we are very grateful for Minerva School's ecosystem. So many international students getting to collab together. We've had, you know, Sid now on the Show Nazar, on the Show Now you This is very exciting. I like love these 19-year-old minds that are that are that are just cutting edge of, of young people. I love it. Um, for those that don't know um, Alicia's background, she is from Shanghai in China. She's an international student, very focused on art and science at Minerva schools, and freshman, 19. So Let's start things off. Check out the links in the bio for those that want to check out Malicia's um, profiles. So, or Set zhens profiles. I'm, I'm, doing my, I'm doing my best to get into the, <laughs> you, really you know, job. you yeah. got to get into the culture of foreign languages and names. This is so important. I agree. So let's start off soft on this big history perspective. So we find ourselves as stewards of Earth, we're running in the human experiment. What is your take on the state of humanity?
1: Oh, well, I have to say, like I don't know everything. Nobody knows everything. That's why um, I can only say from my own perspective, which probably is pretty narrow. But I do think we are at the brink of something, just because there are lots of things going on in the world right now. Uh, for example, we got the first genetically edited twins in China. And um, I think from the, in terms of evolution, we don't know what is the long-term effect of that. And we also have like um, human activities interacting with the social, uh, with the Earth, with environment. Um, for example, when... Uh, Let's take weather as an example. The weather prediction forecast might not be that accurate um, right now, just because we as human beings are um, also affecting the whole ecosystem, and then the ecosystem is now like sh- sort of reacting back. And that that like complex system perspective, um, which I think will like will change a lot within like five or ten years. Yeah
0: yeah as an aspiring scientist and an artist that you you immediately jump to the genetic engineering and the way that kind of we call it the anthropocene the period of time where humans are causing the most uh interaction with the climate and change in the climate and so um and control as a dominant species on earth of course it's great that you you know that you jump there and also it 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 speaks of you know you're you you you're looking at things to the edge like you care a lot about what's happening at the edge of the science mm. and so um you know maybe tell us quick you know why do you care so much about going to the edge
1: going to the edge um i think it is basically for everything I do, I learn, I study. It is because of curiosity that I want to know the world better. I want, I want at least try to understand how it functions, and also um, to, for example, predict trying to predict the complexity of the whole system. And that is why I put a lot of attention towards what is going on within um, the field of science and also in terms of like, the longer evolution of human. And I think it is interesting to think in terms of like, a very broad way. And yeah, I really, want, I really want to see how things is going in the world right now
0: yeah you've mentioned that multiple times this uh, complex systems Mm -hmm. understanding that even a a tiny bit of like of extraction of some resource in a place in the world has a massive impact on the ecosystem in that place and uh, migration patterns animals living there there's all different types of stuff that actually gets affected by this including the people that get to consume the resources wherever it gets delivered to so that's a very very good lens i'm glad that you brought that up so and you brought up curiosity, which is a good segue because this is kind of like what you have have told taught me is that that has been your kind of your main pillar and driver yeah. of your life, growing up and 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 picking what you're most interested in. And it's more it's this is diff, this is I would say probably quite different being in Shanghai, in China, than like I was in Sioux Falls in the middle of the United States and South Dakota, Mm -hmm. Ron was on the East Coast near Boston and Peabody, and this is a, you know, like what is it like in Shanghai? Uh,
1: For me, like, I am pretty lucky that my family is sort of um, allowing me to discover everything around me uh, and they don't constrain me on like what sh- you should do in the future. Um, so that is why when I showed my interest for the nature when I was like very little and I was like three or four years old, my mom was very supportive and she brought me all the books that I want and also... Um, For every weekend, my family will bring me to like picnic, bring me to a museum, to a science museum, and um, to like sort of experience what is um, not only what is happening in the world, but also like what like explain to me how the world works in terms of science so um, that is how I become very very interested in this field and um, growing up as an international student in Shanghai uh, I, re- I, am, I am really lucky because like I have the opportunity to pursue what I am what I am interested in um, so around seventh or eighth grade I become very very interested in biology in terms of like the whole science field and my teachers were very supportive. We found like anatomy clubs, and then uh, we did read um, science journals and more, like, published some of them within our school journals. So, yeah, that was like. Which you were an editor. For yeah, the yeah, I was journal. an editor. And yeah, I also published some in our like, school journals. Awesome. So, um, it was, I was very lucky because everything around me basically supports me and um, allows me to pursue what I am interested in.
0: That's huge. So, so mom and dad were big supporters of getting you the books that you wanted. Mm. uh, To let they they weren't very constricted on what path you could take. They were letting you
1: Mm -hmm. play
0: and figure out what you wanted to do. So that's huge. And then also kind of taking on, you know, with your interest and curiosity, you took on leadership roles, which is very important. Um, What would you say then was kind of like that experience of growing up? Did you have? You had your your sister came much later like when you're 14 Uh she was she was born so it's much later but that you know growing up in that culture in that economics in that political and and uh, social sphere what what is that like teach us about that
1: uh for me I didn't quite like sense the difference between me and like um, other families who have more children. However, I do think with more children that will cultivate more responsibility within the, the bigger ones. And also for the only child as my family, um, people like, because we have this system in China, which like per family only can have one ch- child. And it is only until 2014 that the policy goes open and said like, you can have two child. Yeah. At maximum. Yes. So, um, growing up in the environment that people around me are all single child in their family, mm. it is um, sort of a lot different from like when I came to Minerva because um, sometimes people are not that caring um, because they are not used to, for example, like caring for others, caring for little or younger brothers or sisters. Um, and but like at the other hand, they got all the resources within the family so that they um, probably have like more, can I say freedom? Or like they have more opportunity to do what they want um, mm-hmm. because all the pa- their parents' attention are like completely on the, so yeah.
0: And then, then the, the, that first of all is a crazy thing is living somewhere where, uh, uh, where the government says that you can only <laughs> exactly. have one child. That's a very, very crazy thing. Um, but at the same time, yeah, population is a very important uh-huh. thing to also take into account and uh-huh. everything. Um, but then growing up, now you know you were teaching me about this there's about 17,000 or so mandarin characters mm-hmm. but you only you know need to know if you apply you know Pareto distribution Oh, probably only 20% of those characters are going to be used 80% of the time so maybe somewhere around like 3,000 or so are used the majority of the time mm-hmm. and this is like a rote memor- memorization You see a character, you have to remember that it's, you know, Mm -hmm. man or woman or dog or pizza or whatever. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, teach us about what this is like, because, you you know, you start doing this, because this is like a whole new way. When you're learning English and Mandarin at the same Uh, time growing up, you know, you're learning the English words, what they mean, the Mandarin Mm. characters, what they mean. This is very interesting to me.
1: Well, uh, I think they are two completely <laughs> different language system. Uh, for rendering, we are sort of using our picture memory to sort of like memorize how a character looks like and then um, to associate it with a certain meaning. Yeah. And by combining like for example A and B and then we got like AB which is A brand new, different meaning from A and B. So, like um, doing that, like combining words and like sort of playing around with characters, um, it is like it is much like difficult in English, um, just because English has like uh, like only like a certain amount of alphabet. And then, um, although some of the vocabularies are very uh, very different, uh, we still can like, for example, read a word. Um, even though we don't know what it's mean, but like in Chinese, it is impossible. Like if you don't know that character, you cannot read it. You might have, you might can like guess it, but like um, it is not for certain that it will pronounce that way. So you um, can
0: sound out a word in English. You can like sound exactly, out. but yeah. in, <laughs> in Chinese, it's like
1: uh, it's like a brand new picture that you yeah. you, ha- you have never Very never seen. Yeah. yeah so. Um, but I do think lots of Chinese um, are nowadays learning English, and then um, the society are valuing the like the skills of English very much. So um, yeah, more and more people are starting to get international, and then to to like voice their ideas more.
0: I mean, Shanghai is what twenty million people just itself. It's a big
1: twenty-four million, yeah, twenty-four
0: million than, people mm-hmm. just itself, which is. Pl-
1: <laughs> crazy, it's like
0: double the Bay Area. It's like that's nuts. And so then, is it? You know, when you're when you're growing up, it's it's pretty uh, like the, the f- families in Shanghai are doing fairly well because it's considered like a tier one mm-hmm. city. Mm-hmm. So like you have to have you have to be of a certain economic status to be able to afford to even like live there and stuff, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, mostly right. Yeah, okay. but there are some occasions that uh people come to work in shanghai because like they find more opportunities here and people like um come to shanghai to study university here yes. so yeah there are lots of occasions that um people are not in shanghai that they can can come and then to learn and live here yeah
0: and when you know nazar was just on the last episode he was teaching us that you taught him. Yeah. Yes. 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 Because this is this is cool stuff. Is that Ch- China in many ways has a has kind of leapfrogged mm. a little bit in terms of tech, yes. and they kind of kind of figured out that if you can incorporate, you know, if everyone's using WeChat, and this mm-hmm. is a Tencent company, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you, everyone's using WeChat, and then if everyone is using the QR. Uh, yes. system mm-hmm. for for payments like we, we chat pay right and if they're using the um QR system for making contacts and everything it just it's just like much more easy and seamless to
1: just come in It is so um, basically, I think the majority of Chinese don't even have cash with them whenever they go out. They, they don't even have a purse or they don't bring their cards. They only have their phone, wow. which is enough um, for paying everything. So no matter wh- whether you want to go to a restaurant or a like, convenience store, buying like, a house, um, you can go through this process of like, um, scanning your QR code and then transferring that money directly to um, the business account so um, which is very convenient and at the same time it is sort of like paypal so that you can also transfer it to your friends Friends. yeah and then yeah so. Are
0: most people using wechat pay or alipay or a little bit of both uh,
1: both i think everyone like uses 50, both like 50
0: 50 yes. say split because mm-hmm. you have to have an alipay account to what for to pay for alibaba for yes goods.
1: and also for uh, actually they are like you can use both of them to pay um, for every anything but like it mm-hmm. is more convenient mm-hmm. to use like alipay when you are like sort of shopping online, online yeah. they can like every everything in china you can bought it online so like um, no matter you want a bamboo in your house like a dog a rabbit or anything you eat something from america something from australia you can all um, buy them online so yeah. yeah
0: yeah yeah this is this is the new the new era of like amazon and Alibaba is making this uh-huh. crazy just yeah. two days sometimes even faster exactly. now and um very interesting and then now what in terms of like you know, being around a lot of other young people, your age, growing up in Shanghai, um, there you know, I was also learning that you have a, you know by a certain age in China, you are you're, you're kind of like, do you want to go into this path?" Uh. Or is it, that's, is it a science or humanities or what is again the distinction again, the art versus uh, science or what is kind of like yes, the two paths?
1: Yeah sort of um, on one hand there's like literature and art and on the other hand there's like all the science, math, engineering um, subject which is like within the traditional Chinese system. I don't think any of the international school students will take this path just because we have such like different um, education system, um, but when they are studying in the like traditional Chinese system, they have to decide this um, when they are entering like sort of entering the high school. Actually, I'm not very, quite sure of this. Um, probably um, during the sophomore of their high school, and then they'll have to yes, take yes. tests, and also after that, they'll have to take the Gaokao, which is sort of like the um, the SAT CT. test for like for the whole country. And yeah. it's
0: called the Gaokao. Gao Gaokao. Gaokao. Yes. Gaokao interesting and that's a standardized test for both for either science or art depending on where you want to go or for both
1: depending on which where
0: you want to go and then that way you know kind of in your like earlier high school how which way you want to go and then you would apply to the next level Mm -hmm. of colleges or universities with that okay so okay so with your curiosity when you know when you're young and you're getting all this all these interesting um, of stimuli from your parents and from your environment and everything. So you picked science and art. So how were you able to kind of like go into the system when you were b- very interested in both of them?
1: So yeah, I I think one of the biggest problem within the right now Chinese education system, which is probably also exists in like education system all over the world, is that people think art is art and science is science. They sort of keep these um subjects separated and when i say art it doesn't mean like only art but like also um philosophy and yeah all that kind of uh, literature area and also um like, I don't think that people should keep these subjects apart. Um, for example, when we are looking at the link between philosophy and science, lots of great philosophers in the world are actually scientists themselves. For example, like Aristotle and Plato, they yeah. come up with like, uh, some frameworks when um, looking at observing the world. Yeah. And also, uh, for example, Karl Popper, um, she uh, he, he is sort of the reason why right now we are falsifying a null hypothesis when we are um, doing experiments and researches. And he is a philosopher himself. So, I don't think that um, people should keep um, like art to art and science to science. Agreed. I think it is very important to take a interdisciplinary approach um, when you are solving a problem because a problem, for example, when we are classify a problem to science science problem, it is not only science problem. It is. It is a social problem that it might matters a lot of people around the world. It is also like a philosophy problem because both of them are trying to understand the world better and predict how it functions. And yeah, so I think all uh, problems within the world is co- a complex system. So yes. all problems within the system should not be separated alone. So that I don't think that in this case the problem can be solved.
0: Yeah, I agree with you that it's time to have science and art be more interdisciplinary when the children mm-hmm. are learning it. That's exactly. so important. Especially since art kind of helps us think outside the box, it helps us make designs that make science yeah. more relatable mm-hmm. for for the public as well, which is very important. And uh, and science can help art because then science can help art become potentially more about progressing civilization in certain mm-hmm. directions of, of progress. So. Now you did international boarding school. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what's that like in middle school and high school for you?
1: Uh, it was very really fun. Um, uh, from the start when I was in middle school and then I was suddenly told that we need I, I need to go um, go to a boarding school without my parents and then uh, to live with my friends. Um, yeah, at it, first it was <sighs> like, it was a bit intimidating for me but then it turns out very good because my parents are um, I was like a very very independent child when I was very little my parents were super um, good with me doing my own stuff and then like sort of um, uh, like managing my own time and not like sort of uh, saying that oh, this is the score that you need to get and like did you finish your homework that kind of thing so um, I was raised as a pretty independent child uh, so it wasn't a great challenge for me to like live uh, alone um, with my friends and with the teacher from the dorm. So, yeah, it was really fun. The,
0: now, the, this is interesting. You get shipped to so middle school, so you're like, you know, you're what, 10? You're like 10, 10 years? 11, yeah. Yeah, you're 10 or 11 years old. And then, where's the International Board School? Is it outside of Shanghai? Uh,
1: it is within Shanghai, but it's, it's like very far, very far from downtown. Like an yeah.
0: hour or so drive uh, or More so. than. More, than even yeah. Okay, and then you, you start living with other 10, 11, 12-year-olds mm-hmm. in a, like a kind of like a dorm system. Mm-hmm. And then do you go back to see the parents every couple every, months?
1: No, no, every every week actually. Oh, in the
0: weekend you yes. would go back to parents. Uh-huh. Okay, interesting. Okay, so that's not too bad. I thought, you know, it can be, but that's still good. You know, five days without parents, you're building independence. Exactly, mm. I love it. Like,
1: the, I, love, I love the balance there because I do have time to spend with my family, but on the other hand, I can do like independent studying yes. and then to hang out with my friends. friends.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's so important. I, it's very interesting thinking about what the ideal model for education design mm. is. And, you know, we talk and think a lot about that. Like, what would be the best uh, code for for kids to learn when they're birthed into the world what could give them the best big p- picture of what's happening the complex systems understanding mm. of of our world um, now when you're doing the international boarding you went from middle to the high school in the same international boarding school yes. okay and then in high school you picked up like tons of these activities did you do these also in middle school
1: uh, yeah, some of them some are of them sorry, from middle school. Yeah. This and list
0: like, is very long. You did uh, <sighs> ar- Arctic protection, wildlife protection, editor of the science journal, which you mentioned earlier too, um, ice skating. Yeah. This is all very cool. Yeah. T- tell us about all these. Uh, so ice taking. skating,
1: I started after primary school, and then f- like there's a period of time that I was trained to like become professional ice skater. Um, but however, I decided not to. I wanted to keep it as one of my hobby. Um, so I came back, and then I started to sh- like shift more and c- and like focus to my academic life, but also um, trying to keep that as well. Like because I l- did learn a lot from ice skating, so um, I tried um, my best to keep that as one of my hobbies um, while studying in like the middle and high school. And for others, for the Arctic one. Uh, and wildlife one myself was like very very uh, environment, tall person. So like I did care about um, wildlife and the environment a lot since I was very little. I would like yell at my parents because like they forgot to like turn off the tab or like they wasted electricity in the house. So um, all my parents are um, like they they know that. So like um, they are pretty supportive of that as well. And that is when I decide like. Uh, I think it's in middle school so like I decided to apply to a like Arctic expedition so uh, it starts with my like
0: we have some images too on the Arctic expedition (laughs) so
1: it starts with my um, interest in biology I want to see like how is it to work with a bunch of scientists like botanists and also also like um, people from different fields different countries and that was like a very 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 life-changing event just because like I got in touch with people all over the world it is pretty similar with Minerva the community um, that people come from all over the world um, and I was like 14 or 15 at that time I guess 14 and um, it is that time I realized how it is so so important to like meet people from different culture and then mm-hmm. to sort of take their perspectives yes. because we, so that we can like view a problem from multiple perspectives and probably solve it. Um, yeah, like think outside the box, think outside your own mindset. Yeah. So that is very um, life-changing for me and also during that trip I noticed how I am passionate about like the inter- interdisciplinary approach because we have artists, um, we painted during the workshops, oh. we uh, did um, some of the researches with scientists as well. And.
0: You guys had a lot of fun. <laughs> we, we, yeah,
1: we did. We ran into the Arctic Ocean. Yeah. Uh, it was it was very fun. And after a few minutes, we were told that a polar bear, polar bear, is approaching, so we need to <laughs> run oh, back. Totally. to yeah. Yeah, yeah well. we saw a lot of polar bears, like twenty something polar bears. Very cool. Yeah, and um, during that expedition, I also obtained some perspective on education. Um, there was once when one of the botanists showed me like. The oak tree, the oak tree we know are like very tall and like large trees there, but like the oak tree in Arctic is like this little, they're like grass. I was like, um, this oak this, tree? Yeah, like, uh, no like oak way. tree grow like, for like 20 years, like this big. What? Exactly. I was what? like, is this oak tree? And he said, yeah, it is. And I was like, what makes the difference? Why oak trees in cities are like, yeah. much taller? And then, oak trees here in the Arctic are very, very little. The
0: roots can't go down to get as much soil? One of,
1: yeah, oh, that okay. is one of the explanations. And then, uh, what he said was like, he lies on the ground. And he's like, come on, lie beside me. And I was like, why? Suddenly, I need to lie on the ground. But like, I did what he told me. But at the moment, when I lie down, the wind that was like howling through us suddenly disappeared. So he said this is why that the oak trees are much closer to the surface, to the earth, than what we see in warmer places because they can avoid wind. They can survive for a longer period of time. Um, the, like, avoid, like, without the wind, they can like, um, obtain the transpiration rate to a slower rate uh, so that they don't lose water that often. And that is how a species adapts to its environment. And that is the moment where I realized that I can actually learn through like these kind of experience more than sitting in the like, lecture room yes. and listen and like memorizing textbook information, and that kind of episode has like happened a lot. So. Um, I did learn a lot during the, the expedition, and yes. that is this expedition is one of the reason why I chose Minerva later on.
0: I love that. I love that. So, it's so first you had to go through a process of applying to get into the Arctic expedition. Uh, yes,
1: I was actually the only students from China
0: that applied. Yeah, How that many like, got that, that was got on in. the yeah, yeah. expedition trip. How many people got into the expedition trip?
1: Oh, I actually can't remember, but like. A hundred, around, 100, or hundred yeah, From around the world. Yeah, around cool. the world. Very cool.
0: And then that's um, all around the age of like 14, 15 year olds. Uh, and also
1: some of the college some students Some college as students well. too. Yeah.
0: Very interesting. And then, so when, and when you got into that program, like you said, it was cool, both learning from different lenses, different people from different cultures. That's mm-hmm. such an important way to kind of bring bring civilization all together and then two the other cool thing was that um when you saw things like the little tiny uh, oak tree Mm -hmm. you were again you were able to um see a new way of like wait why is it like that can i learn more about science and can i make art while you're there you're making art with the other ones so these things coming together kind of led your interest into Minerva mm-hmm. as well. So then, tell us about how you went from you know doing all these leadership activities in your school and then applying to Minerva.
1: Uh, so I got to know Minerva from a current Minerva student who is like now in Hyderabad or Seoul. Hyderabad, I think. Uh, and oh, so
0: from the year before uh, yours, yeah, one year above yours,
1: one year or two years, or two years yeah. above yours. So from
0: like friends in Shanghai that you knew exactly, in Shanghai yes, that yes. applied.
1: Uh, oh, amazing network. That so is cool. Yeah. That is really cool. And at that time, I was looking at um, what school to put on my college list. Because I am both applying to the U.S. universities and also UK universities, so um, I was wondering one day, and then suddenly, like our um, a, a mutual friends, uh, sort of um, linked us together, and they said like, um, she went to Minerva, and I was like, oh, what is Minerva? I never heard of this school in my life, and then. Um, that students actually sat down with me and then um, go through what is Minerva like, how, how is her experience here um, for like, the whole afternoon. And that is the moment awesome. when I realized like this is probably the education that I want and um, yeah. that is the most suitable for me.
0: And then from there then, this is great that you have a mentor that had went through the system like an alumni or a, a current student that was able to help teach you because that is now, you know, we talk about that a lot on the show, this mentor to student is is a big deal. Bloom Two Sigma is a huge um, thing in education for children. It puts them two standard deviations above the above the mean if, if they get that. So that's crucial. And then you had a an application process to go through to get into Minerva. Minerva's acceptance rates extremely low so you know so you were you were really putting together kind of your you know your big picture uh, both contribution that you've done in middle and high school mm-hmm. as well as you know what your vision is. Mm. So what kind of what was like your vision that you were telling them about that got you into it?
1: So like. Uh, I was. I am really interested in neuroscience, and also uh, from what I said before, I am really uh, interested in an you know, interdisciplinary approach to it. Yeah. So, neuroscience, philosophy, and psychology are the three sh- subjects that I am really interested in, um, because like I am so curious about like how a bunch of neurons like their cells and then how can they make you think yeah. how, what makes the difference between person and person like your brain is not like very different from my brain but like we think differently and we have different perspectives and we are like such different individuals so that is what I was like really, really curious about, and that is why, from the field of science, a uh, field of biology, I decided to study like neuroscience in the future.
0: And then what's your what's your like favorite part about you know you were just describing a little bit about like it's crazy that you know your mind grew up in a different place got different stimuli Mm -hmm. but where you know brains are such similar you know processing Mm -hmm. systems at the same time what are you most excited about neuroscience psychology like within consciousness within kind of that you know that framework you know what are you what are you thinking about like the most putting most of your time on
1: for me there are two um, areas one is like understanding. So understanding how brain works, how it functions under different conditions, and how it forms like the personality of different people and like um, the relationship between genes and brains like nurture and nature and all that kind of thing. So like understanding what is going on Within our body, and the other thing is mental illness. So yeah, uh, yeah. I'm really interested in like psychiatry, psychology, and uh, what we can do to use like the most cutting edge tools, optogenetic tools, or like um, other uh, methods like drugs to cure or like at least work on to, like curing that mental illness. Yeah.
0: Love it, love it. This is what I'm talking about. 19 year olds that are, <laughs> that are super pumped about helping with mental illness, helping with understanding our minds and like this is what I'm talking about. I love it, love it. Okay. And then now, now, like, you know, you're finding yourself, you know, part of the Minerva ecosystem. Now you're a freshman, mm. you know, you're, you know, you landed in San Francisco first. You know we have we have uh, you know some images about this too, where you know you find yourself here. You're you're starting to also make some you know some art and some some of your creations. And then you know what what would you say has been you know this this like these these moments of like whoa I'm in the U.S. I'm in San Francisco. You know I'm with a bunch of other international students. Tell us about this feeling.
1: This it feels amazing. Um so. Uh, So I told you before that I went to an international school so like the the US kind of mindset and like um, the environment isn't very uh, unfamiliar for me however the community is Um, it is so interesting that we have such a diverse community we have like 150 students coming from more than 50 plus countries and it is so interesting to get their perspective of like uh, what is going on in their country and how for example, how they view an ideology that yes. like differently from mine. So um, that is one of the most interesting st- thing. Like in the Minerva community, and also I think Nazar mentioned before, we have like 1001s, where a bunch of students present their own country with like their food and then um, their culture norms yes, and yes. Uh, share with the community. And that is very very interesting. And also during classes. So I, um, so during classes we don't. We don't lecture. So Minerva classes mm-hmm. doesn't contain any lecturing. Um, all the studying about this class you have to done it before by your own. Mm-hmm. So the ideology is like if you can access these kind of information online, why mm-hmm. don't you do so? Like why don't you learn yourself? Yes. Lots of the um, current like education like the higher education like universities um, they put money they put time into lectures which students can basically find them online mm-hmm. so um, Minerva's ideology is like don't waste that time during class we only apply what apply. you learn yeah and also discuss. So yes. yeah, so the 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 class is actually very intense because um, the professors are really pushing us to think hard and to answer questions um, about, for example, um, how how leadership, how like different styles of leadership can uh, lead to like different um, re- regime shifts within the space, space yeah, um, yeah. in like a complex system perspective, and like how to um, how to deal with um, the unpredictability and non-linearity with the system, and um, for empirical na- analysis, which is like natural science in other schools, we look at how to mitigate bias during researches, um, how different research type, for example, observational study, interventional study, case study, how these types can be suitable for different like hypotheses and questions that you want to solve. So. Um, it's really interesting to learn and apply these kind of skills and um, to also like to use them in real real world situation. It's a sort of a mindset that we do um, use use it in daily life, so it's really uh, like it's amazing experience.
0: Yeah, th- this is very cool that it's a it's a it's a you learn on your own through the internet resources that you have and you study on your own and then you go in a class you only discuss and apply. Yeah. And that's so cool. And then so you have a 15 or 18 you said in every yes, class yeah, yeah. and then uh, and then the, the, the teacher or professor the way you're in, interacting with them is that they what do they do they ask you about the material that you've um, that you've taken in and that you talk to them and you talk to the other students. How does that tell us? About
1: uh, that? So, professors can either ask questions about the material that we learned um, by ourselves before the class, and also we have like breakouts. Um, so, putting giving us a different context, like putting what we learned, abstract that skill, and put it into a context because, like. Uh, you have to react differently ac- according to like the different contexts that you are in, like different situations. So um, we are going to put that into context and say, like, uh, from in this context, I think principled negotiation is better than um, other kind of negotiation mm. because we need this is how we achieve our purpose. So um, that is how. The, like, and after the breakout ends, we'll go to debrief where each group share their own thoughts and then um, having a discussion about uh, what can we do better and like, um, the professors will also ask some questions about their work. Yeah.
0: And then you also go out and do activities in the city, yes. as I was mentioning, which is so cool as well. What were some of your you know, favorite the activities that you went out in the city and you learned?
1: the activity so like we have two parts of interacting with the city the first one is the LBA the location based assignments okay. which pushes like force students to go and interact with the city because yes. There will be no difference if you don't go out. out yeah, 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 because we, like we all take um, classes on computer and like through the internet. So yes. if you don't use the resource of the city properly, it would like it would it would not benefit you. So um, one of the location based assignments is like. Um, that is upcoming actually is like when we are learning game theories in formal analysis we have to go and watch a game and then um, do like what we learn, apply what we learn during class and to that game. So and then write a paper about it. And also we have, uh, I think Nazar mentioned, utopia and dystopia to like observe a location for five hours and then see how people interact with them and yeah that all kind of sort of thing. And we also have like interview interview one of the like a person from one organization in the bay area and then to get a sense of like analyze their leadership style their organizational structure how can they do better with the weakness the SWOT analysis so yeah that is um the kind of that the part of location-based assignment and on the other hand we have civic partners Okay. Civic partners are the partners who will like support us during our final project. The final project are all the real world real world problems that we want to solve. Um, for example, I was with Nazar, and our problem is like how to increase the awareness of biotech citizen science in the Bay Area because. Like I said, science is only science, bio especially biotech. Like people have this stereotype that only science t- scientists can do scientists. Um, however, we really want more yeah. diversity yes. into the field. That so we it's want, like exactly, yes. we want artists, we want like uh, computer scientists yes. um, to in the field and then to uh, collectively solve a problem together. And, and that's an
0: interdisciplinary take. That, that is so.
1: Um, then after we choose um, the question, the big question that we're interested in. We're going to pair up with a civic partner who is an organization within the Bay Area, whether a business, an NGO, uh, or any kind of organization, and then together we'll be solving this problem. So, the organization that cooperating with us is BioCurious, yeah. and it is acting as like a biotech hackerspace yeah. that is open for basically anyone. So, yeah. This is what we are working on.
0: And the more you talk about the way Minerva Schools is designed, the more I realize that like this is a very <laughs> ideal way for yeah for students to become educated, especially the travel into different cultures around the world and the local assignments that you get, and then the discussion and application of all everything that you're learning, like. I'm just like so in love, like with Minerva Schools. We strategy. have a master
1: program. <laughs>
0: well, we, you know, we gotta, you know, we messaged Robin about this too. Like, uh-huh. we we want to do a greater partnership with Minerva Schools. Yeah. So we'll, you know, will we'll include her in the in the email later, and and we hope to, you know, to strike up something with you guys on a larger scale because it's just so exciting. Learning from you guys, you come here, you're 19, you're from around the world, you're getting to hang out with each other, and just it's so beautiful. It is. It's it's beautiful. Um, okay, so now you know you you were giving us a um, an understanding of you know of your science interests, your art interests. We have a couple of your um, art as well, Ron. We can pull those up. You can explain to us. Um, yeah. So this is so what so what's going on in your art?
1: <laughs> so I didn't I didn't like study art <laughs> I didn't study art as, at all. But um, when I was four, or all my free time, I love to like do doodlings. Um, I love how the colors, the combination of colors, and also yeah. um, photography as well. So I really, really appreciate the art in life, and I think it is really important to sense the like the details that makes you that makes your life. A lot more happy so I think um, by like looking at the art and um, within our lives is like one way to like sort of making your life better
0: yeah and then what are you specifically looking for in that detail in art that can make life better
1: well for me it is basically anything that I appreciate for example when I was like um, looking I, I, when I was like wandering around the San Francisco like city and all the areas, I'll be sort of um, having the my putting on my photography uh, photographer mindset, which allows me to like look at the details like the the blue sky, the ocean, the clouds, and also like um, the street performers in pretty much uh, like details. And I through photography, I really learned how to appreciate. For example, a sunny day, and how to appreciate um, very detailed things. And that will literally make me very, very happy about it. So yeah, I can enjoy my letter, my life much better through art.
0: Yeah, that's a very profound statement. I can enjoy my life much better through art, yeah. Yeah, having that additional discipline as something that is on your tool belt of, of knowledge is very, very important. Um, OK, and now, some thoughts um, from you before we get to these last simulation questions. You know, you find yourself in uh, the, this generation. You're, you know, you're 19, and you know you're born in the year 2000, yeah. which is very crazy to us. <laughs> uh, and. So, you know, what, 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 do you, what do you feel happening? You know, you were born with the technology in your pocket, you know, and you really had it throughout your entire adolescent years. Like what do you see happening in your generation and with the ideas that you have to solve some of these biggest problems that we have?
1: Um, I do think right now we have a lot more tools that we can use to solve the big problems. Uh, we have more advanced technology. We have like a more advanced databases and also education as well. Um, and with the development of like internet and all the technologies we have, no matter in which area, like no matter in biology or chemistry or computer science technology, um, that I do think that we are working towards solving the problem. But however, we we need to keep in mind that we don't cause us more problem through the development of tools that we need to solve the problem. So. Yes, um, yes. Exactly, just like the genetic editing twins that I said, um, if we can actually modify um, human genes, that is like a, a mm-hmm. mind-blowing process. That maybe the world can become like, like for example, the rich people can cure any diseases. Like they are able, they are capable of doing anything. They are sort of like the um, superhuman um, kind of a species. If I can say that, mm-hmm. and where the poor have to deal deal with the, all like the diseases and all that kind of like the separated world, and hopefully it democratizes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know this is. <laughs> so like I, I don't want anything like that to happen, but like I, like just like that, we, we cannot like pollute the environment more through our process of like mm-hmm. industrialization or like developing yeah, yeah. new technologies. Right. We really need to keep um, be aware of what are the consequences long-term rather rather than in the short-term. So like we need to think what will happen um, to these twins like 17 yes, years ago. exactly. Or, like, like, yeah, so like a, lo- a long time uh, like, uh, like afterwards.
0: Yeah. You, the way you speak about longitudinal studies on, on humanity is, again, this is incredible being, you know, 19 and thinking this way is so, so important. And you know even the visions that you have of what could go wrong as well. How do we prevent? How do we preventatively, um, you know, solve these issues that could arise? All right, let's let's do our <laughs> our round of simulation questions at the end. Uh, First question is: Are we alone in the cosmos?
1: I don't think so. Um, I don't think so. Just because in terms of possibility, I don't think so. Because. We don't, first, we still don't know what is the edge of the universe, and we don't know, we we only have like a limited amount of knowledge about the cosmos, the universe. So, um, I don't believe that we can say that for sure we are alone in the universe. But, however, we have like this great silence that we haven't heard from any of other um, like extraterrestrial intelligent like um, living organisms. So, like, um, it actually makes me a bit sad because like whenever we think that whenever I think that we might be alone in the universe, um, but yeah I don't think that is like statistically p- probable, so um, I do believe that there there are lives out there, um, but it is it just like depends on time like how long that we are going to find them
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm and then this is simulation yeah. so yes you have another yeah, thought around I have that, another thought yeah, go that on.
1: um we are searching for life that is only similar to us yeah, yes. so like we are only searching for life um that can communicate with us that is reasonable because like um if we find another form of life that we cannot communicate with that wouldn't be uh, a lot more different mm-hmm. uh, however like our knowledge is only limited to ourselves. For example, we only have five senses or maybe like mm. six senses right now. Um, that we only, maybe like we, we cannot imagine what we haven't experienced. So yes, maybe there yes. are lives like very close to us where um, we don't know, we, we don't consider that as a form of life or uh, we, we cannot categorize it as life just because we don't feel the same as them. So I do think uh, if, if we like we need to view the, like, the concept of living organism maybe in a broader um, way in order to search for lives outside of Earth.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. The imagination, like you said, yeah. we, we expand our imagination and that's, that's a huge, huge part of being able to think of what else could possibly be. Um, you know, it's a simulation, so we must ask you, are we in a simulation?
1: Um, I said before, like, I wish we are. Um, I wish we are because first, it will be fun, like, it will be fun just because everything we know might be different. And the other thing is, if we are in a simulation, that means someone can explain what is happening Mm. right now to Mm. us. Like Um, they can
0: explain the source code.
1: Exactly. They are like this superior being that might explain a lot of like problems, Mm. that questions that we have no idea right now. For example, like how Mm. life comes from and like what is evolution and all that kind of questions. So if we are in a simulation and someone did create all these kind of systems, uh, I would love to hear from him or her that like like what causes all these kind of things happening.
0: Yeah, communing with the creator of the simulation—that's <laughs> yeah. a very interesting—and being able to learn from that, I, I like that. I like that answer a lot. And then running our own potentially as well mm-hmm. simulations. Last question: What do you think is the most beautiful thing in the world?
1: Uh, th- this is really hard, but like in general, I think every, every, <laughs> everything, everything in the world is beautiful because it exists for a purpose and you know like you know all atoms and cells like they come from stardust and how that stardust can form us and how that stardust in the in the universe can form like everything around us um that idea is very very amazing and also um, just think about like in the bigger scale that um, the earth and all the, the like the solar system and the, the sun and how that coincidence makes life yeah. possible yeah. and that is very beautiful to me. And also I have to mention personally my border collie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> your border collie. I really <laughs> love you, That him. you begged your parents for 14 exactly. years to get. That's so he's, funny.
1: He's really cute and he's beautiful.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes me so happy knowing <laughs> that we have, you know, nineteen-year-olds that are as smart as you, and that we have things like the Minerva School for you guys to all get together mm-hmm. and keep working together on solving some of these major challenges that civilization is facing. Thank you, Alicia. Thank you, so thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And it's you know even even as something as as interesting as as these as these beautiful names that we have. <laughs> Wang, yes, Se Shen Wang, and that that you're growing up with that and your English name, mm-hmm. Alicia, at the same time. Yes, which is you know I want a Chinese name. <laughs> Ron needs a Chinese name. We we want our second names too. Let us know your thoughts in the comments below to what our second name should be, and check out Alicia's links below as well. Go and support her. Follow her. Follow Simulation. Follow us. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Give us your thoughts in the comments below about what we were discussing. We'd love to hear from you. Share these conversations out with other people as well. Also, support the artists and entrepreneurs that you believe in. Support them. Support us. Let's build the future together. Huge shout out to Ronnie Vaugus. Thank you so much for producing and directing. We love you very much. And go and build the future, everyone. Manifest your dreams into the world. Thank you. And we will see you you soon. Peace.